Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Monday, January the 29th. And we could only lead with one story today. Maidstone United's incredible result in the FA Cup at the weekend. That was the moment Stones fans at Portman Road knew their side had made it into the fifth round and there were huge celebrations at pubs in Maidstone too when the ref blew the final whistle. It finished 2-1 against Ipswich Town with George Ellicobi's side converting their only two shots on target. Lamar Reynolds and Sam Corn scoring the goals. Just to compare the stats, the championship side had 38 shots with 13 of those on target. They also hit the post twice and the crossbar once. Well, these Stones fans spoke to us after the initial excitement had died down. It's the magic of the FA Cup, isn't it? It's, oh, it's just brilliant. Uh, words can't describe it. it uh, well done, Maidstone. It's unreal. We've just witnessed history right here, and, and that's an amazing feeling. What an upset for Maidstone to have. And the money that will be sent to the club will just affect us massively, and it can get us further in the league and potentially play a bigger team. So I'm just really looking forward to the game. It's surreal, really. It's just the magic of the FA Cup. You know, Ipswich, big, big team, championship. You know, they had about, what is it, 40 shots? They had 90 places above us. It just shows you what we can do. I mean, it's history for the club and uh, it's just surreal, really. It feels like I'm dreaming, but I can't believe it. I haven't seen a game of football like that all season. See what they've done today was unbelievable. But Maidstone didn't lose face, they didn't lose their confidence, they just went for it and came back. And I tell you, I'm just, I'm a fan for life because I can't believe what our, t- what our town the talent in our town is just fantastic. And manager George Ellicobi says the atmosphere in the dressing room was electric. Absolutely amazing, amazing celebration. Um, firstly, a massive thank you to Ipswich Town, Kieran, his management team, um, the Ipswich supporters. Um, they've been amazing. This was a historic occasion for Maidstone United Football Club, for our group of players, our supporters, but more so um, for our community. And today we've come out here with a huge support of the Ipswich supporters as well. Um, they've came out in their numbers. I think there was close to 30,000 fans here in the stadium today. And it's important that we acknowledge that as a football club because that's going to help us in terms of whatever finances come into our football club to keep our club sustainable. Um, But, you know, um, someone had to win today. And the gods were with us after the the, the first 25 minutes. We had to earn our luck. Um, And it's important that our players stayed resilient in those moments. And then we knew we wouldn't create too many chances here because of um, the magnificent job Kieran is doing with, um, with Ipswich, the players. Fantastic outfit, um, sitting second in the championship. We knew to come here and get a result was going to take some doing. Um, we had to be resilient for the ninth, like, like we saw today, 98 minutes. And I, and I drummed this into, into our group of players. And we prepared and prepared right. And I told them one thing, go out there, enjoy the occasion. You are already history makers in the eyes of the world, in the eyes of um, the people that watch football, and to just take every bit of the glory today from when we set out this morning on our walk, we went and saw where our 
fans were at the pub and waved to them. It was, those were all the moments. They were quite relaxed um, at the hotel yesterday. And that's how we wanted to approach today, to make it historic, to have memories to look back to. But again, the magic of the FA Cup is making us dream again. Well, the draw for the next round has been made and Maidstone will play either Sheffield Wednesday or Coventry away from home in the last 16. Both of those clubs are in the championship and will replay their match next week after drawing one all. Finally, on this game, a Maidstone fan has described the moment he fell from the upper stand at Portman Road while celebrating the Stones' first goal. At Kent Online, you can see video of John Ryan going over the edge of the stand. He landed on fans and seating below, but thankfully, we're told no one was badly hurt. He was then evicted for the ground and the club say they're investigating what happened. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today. And a carpenter who threatened to stab a man in Folkestone has appeared in court. Michael Harrigan was drunk and pulled a knife out of his waistband during the confrontation on Bouverie Road West last August. He claimed to have been robbed by the man a few weeks earlier. The 53-year-old from Orchard Valley in Hythe will be sentenced at a later date. A drunk driver's been jailed after police noticed his reaction to seeing them pull up next to him in Sevenoaks. Officers found cannabis in Harry Watkins' vehicle on Albany Road and he failed a drug test. The 22-year-old from Fairfield Close in Kemsing has been banned from driving and ordered to pay nearly £500. The owner of a scandal-hit pub in Gillingham has been told he can no longer run it following a licence review. There are concerns about underage drinking and drugs at the Ship Inn and three police officers have been assaulted in a fight outside. While Nathaniel Regan Welch will also lose his home as he lived above the pub. He's been told he owes the leaseholder £9,000 for leaving his contract early. Campaigners say the closure of Kent's libraries could still be on the cards, despite a U-turn from the council. Now, bosses said last week that there were no current plans to sell off almost all 99 sites in the county, despite the financial pressures on the authority. Critics, though, say the statement doesn't rule out the option in future. Hannah Temple is the Green Party candidate for Faversham and Mid Kent. She's been speaking to Kate. My initial response was firstly great that um, we've managed to force a response, force a statement that all of the energy and effort that we've seen from people and from activists across Kent, starting petitions, organizing protests in response to the main ones that we've organized, um, that that has been, has reached KCC and that they've heard that and that they've been forced to issue this statement. But fundamentally, we don't think that anything has changed. So although they have said there's no current proposals, um, as far as we understand it, the possibility of library closures remains exactly the same as it was before this statement. So we're, we're pleased that at least we've managed to ruffle some feathers and draw some attention to this, but we don't feel reassured that we've done enough. We certainly feel that there is much more to do. And I understand that you've seen a, a document or seen some suggestions that, that uh, it is still the plan to sell off libraries further down the line. Well, the KCC draft budget for 2024 to 2027 shows that they are seeking to make £24,000 of savings in an area which includes cuts and changes to services, including libraries and indeed including household waste and recycling centres. So well, the, what we see is that although they've said, OK, there's no current plan, as they did with the household waste and recycling centres, kind of backtracking in response to the reaction from the, from the public there, that actually 
actually the, both of these things remain on the table uh, for, as things that may well indeed be affected when those budgets come into into when the decisions are made and when those decisions come into uh, fruition in 2025 onwards. So I think we will see uh, suggestions and proposals and changes being made to those services unless we push back. And you are pushing back. So as I understand, you're going ahead with your uh, protests and petitions. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a main petition, which is um, across Kent, saying we want to get as many signatures as possible to demonstrate that we do not want to see changes to services to libraries and how important libraries are in all of our communities um, across Kent. There are also a number of local petitions for particular areas. So there are petitions around Seven Oaks Libraries, the Library in Wild, um, um, Maidstone libraries and a number of other areas where we have separate petitions for the libraries in those areas so if people would like to add particular emphasis to their local area they can and similarly we have a central protest which is planned a read-in protest planned for the morning of the 19th of February that's the date of KCC's next big budget meeting so we will be gathering as many protesters as possible that morning so that when councillors arrive at that meeting they are in no doubt about how the public feel about the idea of closing and affecting library services across Kent. And again, we have a number of local protests also being planned around libraries across Kent. Kent Online reports. The Dover MP is calling for a COP-style system to deal with global migration. Natalie Elphick's been speaking on the new Kent Politics podcast on how to stop asylum seekers in small boats from crossing the channel. She says discussions need to be at a United Nations level to offer more support to those who are displaced. And she's been speaking to local democracy reporter Simon Finlay. The whole business of people coming or wanting to come to Britain is, is not is not new. But it's certainly in the last decade, there appears to be a sort of a much greater um, imperative for economic migration. And I mean that in, in as much as people are fleeing country because literally there is famine caused by climate change and they are literally leaving for those reasons. So even if the small boat crossing uh, network was smashed and you could sort of stop that, they would always find another way of doing it. Do you, do you agree with that? Well, there are, um, you know, estimated to be over 100 million people worldwide who are displaced, and that might be from conflict, so from war, it might be through famine or other related issues. So it is absolutely a global challenge that needs to be answered. I would really like to see a firm focus at the United Nations, as has happened with the climate change, the COP 26, 27, 28, and so on, the COP arrangements. I would like to see a similar global focus, which actually has a new settlement for dealing with global migration and support. It's absolutely right that we should help people around the world who are displaced and in need, wherever that may be, and to help people near their home regions, because we know that that's where majority of people want to be, to be able to settle and indeed to return home, um, you know, when, for example, in the case of conflict, it comes to an end. So I absolutely support a new global settlement. I think given the pressures on Western nations, it's becoming very critical that those conversations start and that we have a refresh of actually how some of these traditional 
and movement conventions work to make sure that we're looking after people in the best place possible near their places of home. Almost 30,000 people crossed the channel to Kent last year. That's down from around 46,000 in 2022. And today, the government's Rwanda asylum bill is going to be debated again in the House of Lords. Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, is expected to speak. He's previously criticised the policy. A Ramsgate carer who stole thousands of pounds from people with learning disabilities has been ordered to repay the money or face going to prison. Laura Hancock tricked them into handing over cash and misused a company credit card. The 33-year-old from Sterling Way will have to pay more than £17,000 within three months. People caught begging in Canterbury could soon be fined £100. There are reports of residents and shoppers being harassed and intimidated in the city centre. Council bosses are using tough new powers to crack down on the issue, but it's feared it could impact those in genuine need. We'd like to know what you think of this story today. You can comment on the story on the website or via our socials. Now, a Kent campaigner has told the Kent Online podcast that a ban on disposable vapes is long overdue. Rishi Sunak's announcing a new law which will also restrict some flavours of e-cigarettes and make the packaging less appealing to children. Tony Harwood is a Lib Dem councillor in Maidstone. He says the government's been too slow to act and has been speaking to Lucy. I'm pleased that a ban is now proposed, but it's long overdue. If a ban had been instituted back when this first became a problem a couple of years ago, we would actually have taken these um, this technology off of the streets. I think putting the genie back into the bottle is going to be really difficult now because it's out there, you know, walk the streets of, of any Kent town and you'll see how many vape shops there are out there. You'll see how many vapes there are lying about in the street. They talk about, you know, nationwide, more than 5 million disposable vapes are thrown into the environment every week and a whole new generation has been hooked on nicotine. I first saw this appear I suppose in the um, winter of 2021-2022 and it came from nowhere and it was clearly a fashion. People were matching the vapes to their nail varnish and to their makeup. You know when you were kind of out children walking to school they were absolutely everywhere. And now we're seeing some really big kind of illegal vapes, which uh, have kind of been sold under the counter and are out there. And it's going, like I said, it's going to be really difficult to put this genie back in the bottle. And government should have acted sooner. You know, I, I put a petition into Parliament about this time of um, of the year in 2022, calling for a ban. And now, you know, two years later, they're, they're talking about a ban, and it was always inevitable. But it's going to take over a year to institute that ban. If you head to the trending pages of the website today, we've got an explainer on what the Prime Minister's new law aims to do. Kent Online reports. A man who threatened a taxi driver with a knife on a journey to Edenbridge has avoided jail. Stephen Gibbs verbally abused the victim after getting into his cab in Sidcup before telling him he had a knife and making a thrusting motion into the back of the seat. Well, the 57-year-old from Rootham Road in Gravesend has been given a suspended sentence. Emergency crews say a house fire near a pub in Canterbury is now out and the road has reopened. Eight fire engines were called to Hackington Road last night, not far from Tyler's Kiln. There are no reported injuries and investigations are underway to figure out how it started. If you follow Kent Online on socials, you can see pictures of a huge sinkhole that's opened up in Margate. It was first spotted on Church Road on Friday and has got bigger over the weekend. Southern Water say they were called to 
fix a burst pipe and further investigations are underway. Meantime, we've also got drone footage of the £100 million upgrade to the Stockbury roundabout. The project on the A249 aims to improve slip roads and junction approaches onto the M2. The work started three years ago and is due to finish later this year. Sticking with driving news and motorists say ridiculously high speed bumps at Canterbury Retail Park are damaging their cars. They were installed outside Curry's last month to slow people down, but shoppers say they're way too big and are scraping the bottom of their vehicles. The new speed bumps outside Curry's are ridiculous. They're far too high. 90% of the cars going over them at more than 10 miles an hour are, are getting bottom scraped. And my car, when I go over at five miles an hour, I still hear it go on the exhaust pipe. It really are too high. I think we should keep them, but they should be lowered to a sensible height. Although they will stop runaway people stealing stuff and rushing out of the place, they're still too high even for that. At least every day, one or two customers. Because I've got the C-Class Mercedes, which is low profile one and to going over the bump, you have to be really extra careful. Well, we've been in touch with Roger Etchells & Co., the managing agents of the shopping centre. They've sent us a statement. It says the safety of visitors and staff at Canterbury Retail Park is extremely important. The speed bumps are a replacement of those previously in position on the access road, where there is also a busy crossing point to one of the large retail stores. We will investigate this concern alongside our contractor. Kent Online News. A nursery near Hythe has been rated inadequate by Ofsted following concerns about children's safety. Inspectors also said the Punch and Judy playgroup in Limit doesn't give youngsters a good start to their early education. Their report did describe staff as caring and affectionate and said children enjoyed their time there. Bosses at Faversham-based brewery Shepherd Neem insist their pubs are doing well despite three closing in Kent within weeks of each other. The Aviator on Sheppey, Georgian at Newnham and Duke of Edinburgh in Barming have all shut recently. Landlords say they're struggling with increasing bills. But Shepherd Neem say turnover levels are normal and they're working to support those who are facing financial challenges. A grieving dad from Medway has labelled parking enforcement bosses heartless after they refused to rescind his fine, despite being told his daughter had just died. Derek Webb was given a penalty notice after accidentally parking on double yellow lines for 10 minutes at the Gillingham Business Park. The 89-year-old received the fine just a day after his daughter passed away from breast cancer at the age of just 47 where Derek's been speaking to reporter Nicola Jordan. I was in, in a terrible state because Becky was in hospital um, and with stage four breast cancer and they'd said from now on it's just palliative care and um, so I was in a, a terrible state anyway. I drove away from there and in a bit of a daze and didn't realise so they sent me the the, fire, the the demand for £100 and the photograph that I was on double yellow lines. Well you don't expect to see double yellow lines in a business park where there are umpteen car parking spaces and all everybody parks for all the, you know, when they go to any of the businesses. So that was totally unexpected. I, I hadn't seen that. And um, then on the on the eleventh uh, of November, I got the demand for a hundred pounds, and that was a day before Becky passed away in hospital. They gave you the right to appeal, which I did. I appealed to whatever the 
they put on the paperwork um, on, on the internet I feel and I, I, I explained what was going on and the details in great detail and then I got a reply back from that saying well, I can't tell you exactly what they said but no no mention no sympathy no uh, care for the fact that uh, I was in the state I was in but we don't agree you, you know, it's not a fair appeal you have to pay it but there's another appeal you know, so, so I, I appeal to them whoever it was and um, they um, they replied back in the same manner with the same heartless um, you know we couldn't care less uh, just pay up. Well, XL Parking didn't respond to requests for a comment. However, the business park manager has authorised the withdrawal of the penalty notice, adding that the double yellow lines had recently been introduced on site to ease congestion. A Kent pub owned by Paul Hollywood's wife could be shut and turned into a house. The Checkers Inn in Smarden near Ashford dates back to the 16th century and has been run by the Spalding family for several years. The Archbishop's Palace in Maidstone is going to be turned into a wedding and events venue. The Grade 1 listed building dates back to the 14th century and was used as a register office and coroner's court until March last year. And a former prisoner from Northfleet says he's turned his negative past into a positive by making a film about his experience, which has been picked up by Amazon Prime. Luke Mayers was jailed in 2010 for his role in a burglary. After being released, he started working in film and decided to self-fund his own movie. Well, On Top is set here in southeast Kent and the 35-year-old says he's already planning a sequel. You can head to the website today to see a trailer. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham's coach says the team is in better form despite a 2-1 defeat to MK Dons. Stephen Clements has spoken after they lost at the weekend. I thought we should have won the game, to be honest. I thought we've played really, really well. I can accept that sort of performance all day long from the players. I can't accept last week against Forest Green. I can accept that all day long coming to probably the informed team in the league. Um, and I felt we've had the best chances. Unfortunately, we haven't taken them chances. And um, if we don't start taking more of them, we might be a team that's just an early team that got good players and can, um, yeah, have an effect on a game. But if we want to do anything, we've got to start taking those chances. We had such a good spell in the second half, didn't we? There's a ball fizzed across the across the front, and no one was on the end of it. We had so many good chances, then hit with that sucker punch for for one nil. Um, it's probably, some of the best football we've played since you've, you've been in? Well, look, I think we've played some good stuff for the last uh, number of weeks, but um, um, the only thing that matters to me is, is winning football matches. And, uh, yeah, I felt, obviously, we've lost the game. I felt today we deserve to win it. Uh, so to not even get a draw, I'm, I'm very disappointed. And, and the lads did deserve something. Um, but as far as details, we, look, we get beat off a second phase on a corner uh, and we also get done on a, on a, on a counter-attack from our own goal kick. Um, so they haven't cut us open really all day long. I do study the opposition before I uh, play them, of course. Watch five or six games. And, um, and they've, recently they've been going through people like a knife through butter. Um, they didn't do that to us today. Uh, so there's a lot to be happy with. Um, but I don't feel really happy right now. I'm really disappointed. And that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. Plus you can get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust.
This is the Kent Online Podcast.